Well, good morning. I think that was the, about the most fun that we have ever had as a staff and leaders in filming a bumper video. Let's just be honest. So awesome. Well, uh, as Clark mentioned a little bit earlier, good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Medina East Campus of Grace Church. So excited that we get a chance to spend this next hour or so together. Uh, if I have not been, in, been introduced to you yet, uh, just allow me to do that for a second. My name is Seth. Uh, I'm one of the pastors here at the Medina East Campus. And also, as Clark mentioned a few moments ago, um, if you are a guest here with us this this morning. Uh, we say this a lot around our campus, but we really, truly believe it's true. Um, we count it an honor and a privilege that you would decide to spend this time with us here together and check out Grace Church and uh, just kind of clue yourselves in as to what's going on. And we hope we can be, we hope we can facilitate that. We can hope, we hope that we uh, can assist you in that process about getting to know us a little bit better and feeling more comfortable here. We hope you were uh, supremely welcomed today as you walked in. Uh, so as many of you know, for those of you who have been around the Medina East Campus for the last oh, six or seven weeks, uh, you know that we have just concluded a series that we called Resolve. And so in that series, we uh, took a look at Jesus's words and kind of his prescription for conflict resolution in the 18th chapter of Matthew's gospel. And that was an awesome time that we shared together. If you need to catch up on that series, I'd encourage you to do so. Uh, you can do that at our website, medinaeast.graceohio.org, and again, get plugged in to that series that way. You don't want to miss it if, if you did. But uh, so that means that today, what we're going to be doing is we're going to be jumping into a new series that we're going to be uh, having a four-week conversation around this idea of more and more. Okay, so before we unpack a little bit more about what more and more is, uh, let me just take a step back and also let you know that there's something else that uh, as campus leaders and as campus staff that we like to do around about like February, earlier in the year, um, that we, we, we're also gonna wanna do this coming weekend, so this weekend right here. So, uh, and then I think what's gonna happen is you're gonna discover soon that what we wanna do uh, ties in uh, pretty tightly with this idea of more and more. And it's basically this, uh, we, we realize that in life, uh, for all of us personally, uh, we realize that in life, life gets so busy sometimes and the pace of life just seems to get faster and faster and faster. And we think it's a really good idea that, uh, that if you haven't, if we think it's a really good idea that periodically in life, you just kind of stop for a little bit and you pause for a few minutes and you just kind of reflect on where you've been in the last year or where life has taken you in the last little while. And then also that pause becomes an opportunity to kind of look ahead a little bit set some trajectory, set some goals, cast some vision, and to kind of, uh, in your relationship with God, your relationship with Jesus, ask, God, where are you taking me this year? And so while that's a good habit to kind of cultivate annually uh, in all of us personally, we, we at the Medina East Campus believe that that is also a great habit for us to cultivate as a campus community, as a church. And so here's what we're gonna do today. We're gonna do just that. We are going to take a few minutes this morning and we are going to pause and we're gonna look back on what God was doing in and through not only our campus, but across all the campuses of Grace Church throughout the year of 2017. And what we want to do is we don't just want to celebrate what we've done or what we've contributed or how awesome we are, given that that's true, right? But what we want to do in pausing is we want to look back and we want to celebrate what God has done to grow us and to lead us and just kind of set up some monuments of God's faithfulness in the past as we see that in the process of recollecting. 
thing. Um, and simultaneously, when we pause, we also today want to kind of take that look into the future, to peer into what does 2018 have in store for us as a church, for us as a church campus. So here's how we're going to do that. And, and if you're a guest here with us today, this is not going to be normal. I just want to let you know that. But here's how we're going to, here's how that's going to play out today in our service. As we look back and celebrate, we're going to hear via video from our senior pastor of all of Grace Church, all Grace Church campuses, Jeff Bogue. So Jeff is going to kind of recount the things that God has been doing at Grace in the last year. And then right after that, again, via video, we're going to hear from our campus pastor, Pastor Tony, and he's going to kind of set that trajectory and cast a little vision about what 2018 might look like for us as a campus. And then uh, after that's done, I'm going to jump back up here and hopefully tie some things together in conclusion before the band comes up and we sing uh, in response and worship. So without further ado, go ahead and grab your tub of popcorn that you got from the concession stand outside. It's movie time. It's a movie theater night or movie theater morning. And grab that big oversized container of Dr. Pepper that they call a large, but it's really a lot larger than that. So uh, just go ahead, sit back, and we're going to look to the past and look to the future. Hope you guys enjoy this. Well, hello, Grace Church family. I love this time of year because I love to look back at what God has done in the previous year, and I love to look forward to the opportunities that God has for us in 2018. Uh, when you look back at 2017 across the whole of Grace Church, and you see all of our campuses and all of our opportunities, uh, what you'll find when you kind of collect all that together is that God did an incredible work uh, throughout our church and did an incredible work through us and allowed us to be part of some amazing opportunities. And that's kind of the seat that I sit in and I'm excited to share some of those things with you. Uh, I would start just by looking through our different campuses and I see how God worked at our different campuses and every single campus of Grace Church that uh, we can be encouraged and excited and thrilled about the direction that we're, we're heading. Uh, so you start with our mother campus, the Norton campus. God worked there in tremendous ways. God continues to reach people, draw them to himself. Uh, they implemented a Sunday evening service this last year that went tremendously and is going well. So Norton continues to grow, continues to lead the way in many ways with new campusing opportunities continues to impact their community through things like Norton United and different uh, ties with the school and with our local community. And very excited and very proud of what God is doing there. Uh, bump over to Barberton. God is working in Barberton in great ways. Uh, numerically, Barberton continues to grow. They continue to be seeded into the Barberton community. And God is using them in tremendous ways. Folks coming to know Christ, being baptized, uh, they're into their facility and outgrowing parts of it already, which is just a terrific problem. So excited about what God is doing through Pastor Martell's leadership there and continuing to work in Barberton in tremendous ways. Uh, go out to the east side to Ellet. I remember in 2017 was the launch of Ellet. So Gary Underwood and Jenny coming into town and God collecting folks from the old Ellet Grace Brethren Church from the Bath Campus, the Norton Campus and has really created for himself a great work there. Uh, they run about 200 people now on a weekend, which is tremendous for uh, a campus that's not even a full year old yet. And they're getting those inroads into those communities, new families coming, tying in, great things happening at Ellet. Uh, you go up to Bath, God continues to work and do great things through the Bath campus as well. 
Uh, we saw a record number of folks come to accept Christ as their Savior this year at the Bath Campus. Uh, life groups doubling there, continuing to have that impact into our community, continuing to send other people out to start new campuses while bringing new folks in. God is working in great ways at the Bath Campus. And then out to Medina East, where Pastor Tony is leading, God continues to work there in tremendous ways. Uh, more folks coming to Christ, uh, discipleship, evangelism happening in wonderful ways, that family tying into each other in terrific ways, and God laying a path forward that we're excited about as they uh, think about their global missions initiatives, as well as how to reach their own community in terrific ways. Uh, then you go down to Atlanta, real excited about our Northeast Atlanta project. This is reaching first, uh, first generation immigrants there. These are a house church model. God is working in terrific ways. They're running 70-ish people on a weekend, which is tremendous for uh, a house church model that is going cold turkey, kind of going in not knowing anybody and connecting with them. We're seeing people from all kinds of different nationalities and backgrounds being part of that the gospel proclaimed, people responding, very excited about that work there led by Pastor Carlos. And then our town center campus as well. They uh, have gone now into their launch. So just this last September, uh, we launched them fully as a Grace Church campus. Uh, they helped to modernize their facilities there along with help from our Norton campus and our Medina campus. They're reaching folks, they're connecting with people, they're growing. God is working there in a terrific way. So thrilled about all of that. And as I look out kind of over the whole of the church to see all that God is doing, uh, I would look and say the state of Grace Church is very healthy. Uh, our God is blessing us. He's helping us. He's expanding us. Uh, this last Christmas, uh, that shows up, you know, and so over 12,000 people gathered at Grace Church campuses. Uh, to worship and to connect with the gospel through our Christmas services. So that just gives you a, an idea of the scope of the reach of our church and how God is using us in great, great ways. I then look at like certain indicators and I, I wanna know that we're hitting certain things to, to make sure we're healthy. So I'm gonna go right to how many people accepted Jesus uh, at Grace Church this year. And, and this year throughout the whole of Grace Church, uh, 358 people accepted Christ as their savior, which is just mind boggling. And we're thrilled about that. Those are people who we know, we have their names, we followed up with them. So that number might be higher, but using that standard, uh, those are the, that is uh, the number that we have. Thrilled about that. That's a lot of prayer, a lot of hard work, a lot of dedication, and excited that we're helping people find the gospel and the love of Jesus in those ways. Another number I'm excited about is our baptism number. 227 people being baptized throughout the whole of Grace Church this year, which is just tremendous. Events where all kinds of kids and teenagers are being baptized, uh, adults being baptized in our services. The testimony of that, the power of that is just phenomenal. So celebrate that and be excited about it. I know that I am and thrilled about what God did in 2017. I'm always grateful that we get to do this together. I think our unity and our kind of one-mindedness is a big, big deal. 
And that was really represented in our 30 and 30 leadership conferences fall. We had over 350 leaders just from Grace Church uh, take the day off work and be a part of that. And that was energizing and exciting to, to see kind of the whole of what Grace is doing under kind of one roof, so to say. So passionate about that. I'm passionate and excited about our next generation leaders that are rising up. Uh, your investment in 30 and 30 and your investment and our interns and residents and, and their education and their training is huge. And it's huge to the, the future of Grace Church. So we have uh, about 20 interns and residents right now throughout the whole of the church that are training. They're active in ministry. They're going to school uh, full time and getting ready to go and, and lead the campuses and lead the work of the kingdom and, and uh, as, as, it, as we connect with it here at Grace Church. Uh, in addition to that, we have about 40 undergraduate students. These are students who are going to Grace College full time in our fully accredited undergrad degree program. And uh, many of them are from the Akron area, but God is expanding that. So for the first time, we have out-of-state students who are part of that program. We have uh, students who are from several other churches who have moved into the Akron area to be a part of that program as we continue to train and continue to help and continue to grow in those ways. I love that we love and are unified with each other. And uh, as we continue to grow, our attendances grew by 7% this last year, which is remarkable that that, that happened. We're also continuing to tie in with each other. So one of the numbers I would be really excited about is our life groups. Uh, across the church, we started 43 new adult life groups just this year, which is incredible. That in biblical community, being discipled, loving each other, sharing life with each other, we're connecting in those ways. And uh, we saw 20% more people coming to those life groups across the whole of the church than we've seen in other years. So all the right things happening in all the right ways, and God is using that, and uh, He's reaching people and building the kingdom through us. It, that stuff is fun, and it, it's fun to to, to remember it, it's fun to be recognized for it. Uh, again, this year, Grace was named one of the top 100 fastest growing churches in North America. In addition to that, uh, for the first time, we were named one of the top 100 largest churches in North America. All of that is a reflection of God trusting us, us being unified, working together, and proclaiming the kingdom and, and moving forward. So that's my prayer for 2018. I'm, praise God for 2017. I wanna celebrate that and be encouraged by it. And then as we look ahead, my prayer is that God continues to do that. And when we think about the, the start of the Sterling campus and Pastor Christian and Rebecca being here and, and tied into that and, and that actually becoming tangible. And when I think about other campusing opportunities, conversations that we're in right now, and the opportunities that we're gonna to have to do that into the future. Uh, when I think about creative outreach events like the FUEL program that we do out in the, at CrossFit High Gear in Medina, Norton United and all that that meant, uh, the, the, the new and exciting things that we're doing with sports ministries at Bath, the ways that we're reaching out to children and teenagers through all of our campuses. Those are the things that I look at and say, if we can continue to be faithful, continue to invest in those things, 
always clearly proclaiming the Word of God in the process and loving each other through it, God will continue to bless Grace Church. My favorite verse in the whole Bible is John chapter 3, verse 30. When, the, when John the Baptist looked and saw Jesus coming uh, to be baptized, uh, his disciples were kind of worried that John the Baptist was going to lose his place of prominence. And what John the Baptist said is a, is a motto for my life and I hope for us as a church. And John 3.30, he looked and he said, He, Christ, He must become greater and I, we must become less. And that, I hope, is our prayer for the church. Numbers, stats, growth, it's all important. A lot of it's fun, but all of it pales in comparison to shining the lights bright on Jesus, making Jesus famous and making him make sense, making the gospel the primary thing, knowing that, living that, giving that away, and offering the hope to people around us that has been offered to us. I love that that is our passion as a church. I love that that's our tradition. I love that that's our practice. And I love that together, that will be our future. Well, as we here at the Medina East Campus are entering into this new year, into 2018, uh, there's so much that we're anticipating and so much that we're looking forward to. You know, one of the things that we've done uh, at, the, at the beginning of each year here at the Medina East Campus, and some of you may know this, some of you might not, is that a group of leaders uh, called the Steering Team, which is a group of servant leaders who kind of help seek and set spiritual direction for our campus, uh, along with our staff and life group leaders are invited to take some time to kind of fast and pray and seek out God's direction for His church. And then that group of leaders, the steering team, will meet together and we'll kind of review the previous year of ministry, right? And so we'll discuss uh, where were we strong? Uh, what are we doing well? What needs work? What needs special attention and focus? And so we'll kind of talk that stuff through, kind of hash it out. And the result of that time together, kind of after fasting and praying and reviewing, is we'll begin to sort of forecast, right? And, and, and we'll say, where do we believe that God wants to lead us next? And what is the vision for this next up and coming season? And so each year, what we do is we select one word or one phrase that we believe best encapsulate the direction for the next coming year. That is kind of where we are confident that God is leading us. And so this year, I'm so excited to let you know that the phrase that we felt best captures the direction for 2018 is the phrase more and more, right? It's the phrase more and more. And so let me explain a little bit what that means and kind of what's behind that phrase. So, so the idea of more and more actually is best understood in asking three clarifying questions. We could actually call these the more and more questions, right? And so I think these questions are very clarifying and very powerful, and I think they get right to the heart of what it means to follow Jesus. And actually, over the next few weeks, we're actually gonna take some time to talk about these questions more in depth, but I wanna introduce them to you here today. So here's the first one, okay? Question number one is this. Am I loving Jesus more and more? Again, the question is, am I loving Jesus more and more? See, for those of us who follow Jesus, I think that is a very important question. Do I love Jesus more today than I did when I first started following him? Right Now notice, uh, the question is not, do I know the Bible more and more? Which of course is awesome, right? We want everyone to know the Bible more and more, but that's not the question. Notice the question is not, am I attending church more and more? Which again, is a really good thing. We want people to attend church. And it's a little ironic because I'm on video and not physically at church with you. But, but the question is, am I loving Jesus more and more? And so you can see, 
This is a clarifying, penetrating question because if all we're doing doesn't lead to us loving Jesus more and more, then something's not right. So the first question is, am I loving Jesus more and more? Here's question number two. Am I loving who Jesus loves more and more? So again, am I loving who Jesus loves more and more? Not simply, am I loving God more, but am I loving what he loves more, right? Am I growing in my love for my coworkers and my neighbors and my family and my world? Has my love for others increased since I started following him? And so then here's question number three. Am I living for what Jesus lived for more and more? So again, question one is, am I loving Jesus more and more? Question two, am I loving who Jesus loves more and more? And then the third question, am I living for what Jesus lived for more and more, right? Is my life being transformed? Not, not perfectly, but increasingly, right? Does, does my life increasingly reflect the priorities, cares, concerns of Jesus? Does my life more, look more like Christ? And so again, these three questions I think are really probing, but I believe they really get to the heart of where we wanna see all of God's people uh, kind of grow in 2018 at the Medina East Campus. You know, I think one of the best ways to understand these questions and the importance of these three more and more pursuits in our life is actually to think of a trampoline. Now, I know that sounds kind of silly, but I want you to think about jumping on a trampoline or, or think about watching someone jump on a trampoline. Or if you've ever been in one of those indoor jump parks, like kind of think about that, right? So all of us understand how a trampoline works, right? The more you push into the trampoline, the more weight you put into it, the higher you're propelled into the air, right? You could just, you could just stand there on a trampoline and just kind of bounce and be lame, or you could jump, right? And I think all of us know this, the harder you jump, the higher you go. And as you go higher and higher, the result is that you're going to jump harder and harder and put more tension on the springs, which in turn will catapult you even higher. And eventually, well, I think all of us know you're gonna be able to jump well beyond your natural capacity, right? So you could soar to heights you could never attain otherwise. And the more and more you do this, the higher and higher you go. Now think of that trampoline as a metaphor for recognizing God's love for us and then responding to that love by learning to love him more and more and live for the things he lives for more and more. And so when we grow more and more into our love for Jesus, when we grow more deeply in our love for God, when we lean harder into our love for Jesus, this should catapult us right higher and higher into the love and the life that God wants for us. Jesus desires that that happens more and more. And when this happens, it will cause us to love Jesus more and more and live for the things that he cares for. And as this continues to happen, we'll draw closer to the heart of God, and we will also find ourselves living and loving in the ways that we're not naturally capable of otherwise. I think this is why biblical authors are, are saying things like this, like the Apostle Paul says on one occasion, God's love compels us, right? Or in another place, he says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel because it's the power of God. What, what are the biblical authors saying? Well, I think they're saying the more deeply we understand God's love and grow in the love that we have for Jesus and understand his love for us, the more and more our lives are going to be changed. And if you can understand that idea, I think you get the heart of what we're hoping to see for everyone who's part of the Medina East Campus this year. Uh, together, we want to pursue growing in these three areas, loving Jesus more and more, loving those who Jesus loves more and more, and living for what Jesus lived for more and more. And as a campus, this is how we want to grow together this year. And so these three questions, I believe, I think they really serve a few purposes. And so the first one is this. I believe that these three questions serve as, as an evaluation. Uh, for those of us who follow Jesus, these questions help us assess our own spiritual health and identity, and maybe even ways that we've drifted. 
So it's an evaluation, but it's also an invitation. It's an invitation to journey together towards loving God more and more, loving what he loves more and more, and living for what he lives for more and more, right? It's an invitation to jump together. I think all of us know it's more fun to jump on a trampoline with other people. And for those who don't know Jesus, uh, it's an invitation. If you don't know Christ, it's an invitation to come and see what his love is all about. And then lastly, it's a destination, right? It's a destination. For the follower of Jesus on this side of heaven, there is no place of arrival, right? There's never a time when we've grown enough. And so this is a process that doesn't stop until we're with Christ in eternity. And so this side of heaven, right, the hope is that we continue to grow more and more and more and more, that we never stop growing. So in the next few weeks, we're actually going to talk through these three questions together as a campus and as a community. And by God's grace, we are confident that we will grow together in our love for Jesus more and more, that we will grow in the things that he loves more and more, and we will live for the things he lives for more and more. You know, I love what the Apostle Paul prayed in Philippians chapter 1. This is what he said in Philippians 1.9. I pray that your love will overflow more and more and that you will keep on growing in knowledge and understanding. And that's our prayer for the Medina East Campus looking into 2018 this year. All right, so 2018 at the Medina East Campus is the year of the trampoline, guys. <laughs> that's, that's what we got. So, no, but I think if there's one thing that we can say in light of kind of viewing that and kind of taking that in a little bit, one thing that we can say is that 2018 is going to be a roller coaster ride adventure. It's going to be joy filled and it's going to be a challenge for sure, but it's going to be something that is, I believe, rewarding and worthwhile. Because the reality is, I mean, 2018, what we're talking about here is we want this year to be the year of learning how to grow in Christ and learning how to grow in Christ together and growing in our relationship with him and learning the kind of the habits and the rhythms of that relationship, learning how Christ thinks and how that impacts us and how that can change the way that we think and what we set our minds on. And also seeing how Jesus interacted with other people that he loved and, and seeing that kind of uh, work itself out and outwardly in our own lives. And really, that's, that is, that's what more and more is really all about. Uh, Tony mentioned it. It is an invitation for us to journey together. And the invitation is Jesus' own to extend to us to learn how to live the life that he desires for us to live, the life that we were always intended to live. Um, I love some of the stuff that Tony was talking about as he was kind of unpacking that metaphor of the trampoline a little bit in that video. And, and I like this idea of the, the reality that when we lean harder into our relationship with Jesus, when we put more of the full weight of who we are into that, what we're providing is the weight of that trust and faith. The power for transformation, the power for our growth does not come from our weight. It comes from the springs, right? It comes from Jesus' own power that he gives us by the Holy Spirit that he extends to his followers to soar higher and higher. And I love specifically what Tony said, that if we, if we realize and if we have our love for God deepen, we realize how much God loves us and wants to transform us in those ways, man, this is what Tony said. He said, we can soar. I love that word. We can soar higher and higher and we can do so, we can achieve more in ways that we could not do if we were just left to our own power to try to do this kind of stuff. And I think this is, uh, this is super important for us to get our minds wrapped around this more and more concept and some of the things that we're talking about. Because I think for many of us, and myself included, when I think about the idea of spiritual maturity, uh, I often, or more often than not, I'm thinking about like a state 
of being spiritual mature, spiritually mature, spiritual perfection. Like it's static. It's something that as I think about the people who I would consider most spiritually mature in my own life, if I close my eyes and I think about the portrait of that person, it's the person that does more Jesus stuff, right? And somehow, some way, as a result of doing more Jesus stuff, they have stepped across a threshold and now exist in a state of spiritual maturity. And so I think often for us, we wrestle with that, and that's the way we consider or think about being spiritually mature. We think about being spiritually perfect. And I think we do that, too, and what's obvi- it's obvious that we do that because often we assign a lot of metrics and a lot of measurements to what a spiritually mature person really looks like, don't we? So Tony mentioned one of them. We think about the guy that knows the most about the Bible, the guy that can rattle off the most scripture verses. Man, that guy lives in a, some kind of perceived state of spiritual maturity, or the person that prays the most. You always see him praying, well, gosh, that person, that, that woman, that man must be spiritually mature. And we could even think uh, the person that wins the most converts to Jesus, this evangelism concept, man, that guy or that gal must be the most spiritually mature. But here's the thing. All those things, they're great things. They're important, and they are contributors to spiritual growth and maturity. But the reality is, is they are not the portrait of spiritual maturity and Christ-likeness that the Bible itself gives to followers of Jesus. The Apostle Paul in Philippians chapter 3, in these couple verses, verses 12 through 16, he kind of gives an expression of what true spiritual maturity looks like. Let's just read this for a second. Here's what he says. He says, not that I have already obtained this, and by this, he just got finished saying, knowing Christ in every aspect of his life to where every fiber of his being looked and acted like Jesus. He says, I've not already obtained that. He says, I'm not already perfect, but I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but one thing I do, one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus, this heavenly call to be like Jesus. Let those of us who are mature think this way, and if in anything you think otherwise, God will reveal that also to you. Only let us hold true to what we have attained. Even as Paul starts this section, do you guys see what's happening here? He says, not that I've already obtained all this, If you and I were going to think about the most spiritually mature person that ever walked the face of the planet, chances are if we know anything about Paul's life and the desire that he had to, he was willing to suffer for Christ, he was willing to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ into parts unknown in his world and his day. If there's anybody that's gonna be spiritually mature that we would think about in the history of Christianity, it's this guy. But what is he saying? Paul's like, I haven't obtained maturity. I'm not perfect, right? He's like, I've not arrived at some abstract state of spiritual perfection. So Paul admits, man, I'm not mature, but what does he do with that next? Does he allow that to tank his faith in Christ? Does he allow that to throw his relationship with Jesus off the track? No. What does that cause him to do? He says twice in this passage, I press on. I press on, forgetting what is behind, he says. I don't consider that I've made it my own. He's like, I'm not mature. One thing I do, he says, forgetting what lies behind. In other words, guys, all the failures, 
all the frustrations, all the perceived impediments that would keep us from a vibrant relationship with Jesus, what does Paul do with those? He's like, I'm gonna put those in the rear view mirror as far as I can. I'm gonna forget what's behind. And then look what he says. He, he says, I'm going to strain forward to what lies ahead. This word strain in the original language literally means to exert every ounce of one's energies to the uttermost. What does Paul do? He says, I press on. I'm gonna forget the failures of the past and I'm going to push forward and give all my weight, lean all my weight into the power for transformation that Christ gives me so I can soar to new heights that I otherwise could not attain without the power that Jesus gives. And notice how he concludes this. I love this. After unpacking the fact that he is so not spiritually mature, but he presses on, what does he say? Let those of us who are mature think this way. What are you saying, Paul? You just said you weren't mature and that you're pressing on and then you're saying those of us who are mature, we should think with that mentality. Listen, I think this is what Paul is saying. As paradoxical as it might sound, you discover that you are spiritually mature in a more and more sense when you realize and come to grips with the fact that you are not yet spiritually mature. But that you don't allow that to cause you to drop the gospel in the relationship with Jesus. You use that as a catalyst by Jesus' power to be motivated to press on, to again, put more and more of the full weight of who you are into Jesus' power for your spiritual growth. See, the reality is Paul is telling us here that spiritual growth is not a static state that you arrive at, this side of heaven, like Tony said. Spiritual growth is a movement it is motion, it is life, and it's by Jesus' power that we soar higher and higher. I love what G.W. Henson, who comments on this passage in Philippians, he says, what characterizes perfection is not to consider oneself perfect. Christian perfection consists in Christian imperfection, but what does he add, the important piece? What's, what are you gonna do with that? He adds, in running toward the goal. So I don't think there's any better way to think about 2018 and beyond for all of us personally in our relationships with Jesus, as well as, uh, as, well as beyond 2018 into the future. I don't think there's any better message that we can receive, the relief that comes from knowing that what God wants for us is not a static state of spiritual perfection, but a movement and emotion to grow closer and closer to Jesus. And what's amazing about this is that whether you are a seasoned veteran Christ follower of many years or many decades for some of you on one hand, or whether you're just investigating Jesus and you maybe haven't committed to follow him in his ways, regardless of where you're at on the spectrum, what's being asked of you is not to be perfect. What's being asked of you is to, in an incremental way, one step in front of the other, lean a little bit harder, more and more, into your relationship with Christ. That's where we wanna go in 2018, and that's where we also wanna go in this series that we're gonna be unpacking those more and more questions in the next three weeks. Am I loving Jesus more and more? And in turn, do I discover that as I'm doing that, am I loving, truly caring about and sacrificing for the things that he loves more and more? And am I living for the things that Jesus lived for more and more? 
So the reality is, as we kind of take that first step as a campus, as we begin this process and this journey together, um, our staff and our leaders really thought hard, and as we were praying for you in our campus in this, we thought, man, it would be awesome to have some kind of resource that's at all of our disposal in order to, again, kind of take this first step toward a more and more mentality of spiritual maturity in 2018. So here, here's what I just wanna let you know. We've developed a resource at the Medina East Campus that we're gonna challenge you to engage for the next four weeks, so during the course of the series for the next four weeks, and we're calling it, imagine this, the more and more challenge, okay? So the more and more challenge. Let me just describe this for you really briefly because I think it's going to be awesome, and the more of us that engage in it, the better. Uh, so basically, the more and more challenge is going to be broken up into two parts, okay? So the first part is what we're calling five in five, five in five, okay? The second part of the more and more challenge is what we're calling one in one, one and one. So five and five, one and one. Let me break that down a little bit more for you. So in this five and five piece, here's what we're gonna challenge you to do. We're gonna challenge you to take five minutes a day. Again, don't think of it as earning something or doing more. Think of it as leaning a little bit more into Jesus and taking that first step. Five minutes a day for five days a week for four total weeks. Five minutes a day, five days a week. Okay, And what we're going to do is we're going to break that time of five minutes. We've got a resource for you that's going to break it up into learn, apply, pray. We're going to put you into a passage of scripture. We're going to ask you a reflective question or challenge you to do something. And then we're going to give you a prompt to pray. It's that simple. Five minutes okay, for five days out of the week. And then the one-in-one part, we know that our faith in Jesus, our trusting him and learning life or learning to do life the way he would like to see us do life we know that that is personal, it's, it's between us and Jesus, but it is not private, that, that Jesus gives us other followers who are engaging in this more and more maturity to help support us, encourage us, and as the Bible says, spur one another on to love and good works. So this one-in-one -one piece is going to be kind of integrating the rest of the body of Christ into this endeavor of more and more. So the one-in-one -one is this. We're just going to challenge you to grab one other person who's entering into the challenge, the more and more challenge, one other person, and we're going to ask you to meet with them for one day a week for one hour. Okay, so maybe it's the one and one and one rather than just one and one, right? But one other person for one day a week for one hour. And you're like, well, what do I do? do I, what am I going to do with my hands when we get together? So there's a series of questions that we're going to provide you as a resource. And even if you just looked at those questions, you'd consume the hour. And you're just going to talk through what God has been teaching you as a result of what you've done in 5 and 5. So how do you get access to these resources in both parts? Very simple. Uh, go to the Grace Church app. If you've got the Grace Church app, you click on the Medina East Campus logo, and right at the top and the page that comes up is gonna be the More and More Challenge. You click on that, the five and five stuff is gonna be all laid out there for you week by week, day by day, as well as the one-on-one -on -one questions for when you would meet with that other person. If you don't have the Grace Church app, you can kind of see how to get connected there. There's gonna be a banner in your program that also describes how to do that. Go ahead and get that app. Again, click on Medina East, click on the More and More Challenge. We'll have it all right there for you. But man, listen, this is, this is where we're at in 2018. We want to challenge you to think of spiritual growth and maturity in some of these ways in a movemental, in emotion sort of way and engage in that as a community for four weeks. I, guys, I guarantee you, if you engage in this for four weeks, uh, you're going to look back four weeks from now and you are going to be able to see just how much you've grown. And then again, it's not by your power, but because you leaned a little bit more weight, you're going to see the transformative work of Jesus at play in your life.
All right, so I'm gonna bring the band up now and then I'm gonna close us in prayer. But again, uh, excited to do this together with you guys and to kind of launch out on this journey in 2018 and beyond. And uh, you will see you back here next week as we kind of unpack the first question, am I loving Jesus more and more? All right, let's pray together. Father, we are thankful for the reality of what you have done for us in the sending of your son, Jesus. Jesus, we are grateful to you for dying on the cross and offering us new life and forgiveness of sins, um, a reconciled relationship with God that we could actually know God in a relational way. And Jesus, we are thankful that you were raised from the dead, that you show us the kind of life, the victorious kind of life that you want for us, that you've always wanted for us, that is for our best and for our benefit. And so Jesus, as we think about your work, as we think about what you've done, as we, as we contemplate and set our minds on the power that you give to grow us and make us more like you, first of all, Jesus, we celebrate and thank you. And secondly, we're just asking you to even in this time together as we sing and as the band plays and as we worship, just to prick our hearts, Lord. Like, just help us to uh, figure out, Lord, uh, the, the magnitude of the love that you have for us and the desire that you have to take whatever first step we need to take to grow in you. God, help us. Just rid us of the, uh, the uh, inaccurate views of what spiritual maturity is and help us to lean a little bit more weight into you and your agenda and discover the growth and the vitality and the life that we could not otherwise experience without you. Jesus, we love you. We wanna follow you. And we're just asking that you would use this more and more to grow us closer and closer to you, that we could become more and more like you. And we pray this in the name of your son, Jesus, amen.